I thought this night was going to turn out a little different than what it did a little while ago. Got a phone call. There's no power. In fact, I kept getting texts saying, you know, do you have power? Like, yeah, I have power. Um, but there's no power here, and so we were getting generators and lights and everything, and Donna has got us uh, candles everywhere. Um, but you know what? What was neat is, as even before Steph left, we were like, oh, I don't know if there's power. I don't care if there's power. We'll make this thing work. Uh, and it's just good to be together. This is a good Friday. I want you to think, like, we're gathered here tonight because this is a good Friday. And it's kind of sometimes strange, like, is it good, though? Because, like, the, the Son of God died. How is this good? Let me just share just a few reasons why we call this Good Friday. See, it's because of the cross there's Christianity. It's because of the cross that there's Christianity. It's because of what we celebrate here tonight, and then connected with Easter, uh, so just in two days, that there's forgiveness of sins and there's hope in this world. It's because of the cross that our debt has been paid and we can be justified before God. It's because of the cross that we can be adopted into God's family and God becomes our father, Jesus becomes our elder brother. It's because of the cross we're made citizens of God's everlasting kingdom. So what we've seen in Daniel, if you've been with us on Sundays, all the kingdoms of the world eventually will fade away, but there's one kingdom that lasts forever. It's because of the cross we know that God is making all things new. And one day he will bring about a new heavens and new earth. It's because of the cross we don't need to be identified by sin, by our shame, by our guilt, by our fears. It's because of the cross we've been saved from thinking that the world revolves around us, but we see there's something so much greater, the glory of God. It's because of the cross we know God has made all things for his glory. He does all things for his glory. He works all things for his glory. It's because of the cross that we have hope, that we have joy, we have comfort. Do you know that? Like if there's no cross, what comfort would we truly have? What joy would we truly have? It's because of the cross we are being made perfect into the image of God. In fact, we're told when Jesus returns in 1 John 3, either 1 or 2, uh, that we will see Jesus as he is and we will be like him. You understand that? We will be like him. It's because of the cross we know that God's spirit is in us and we're never alone. It's because of the cross that we as a church with all believers are called living stones and we're being built up into an indestructible house of God where he dwells and we worship him. It's because of the cross we have eternal brothers and sisters. That's you. That's me. We are brothers and sisters in Christ and this family lasts forever. It can kind of sound scary. Really? We're all family forever? Well, maybe that's not the best one to use, but this is a good Friday. And all of those things come because of the cross. It's because of the cross hope has dawned. It's because of the cross sin has lost its power and its strength. It's at the cross that God's victory is declared in all of creation for all time. In fact, uh, on, I believe it's Desiring God, there was an article that came out. It was talking about why is Good Friday good? And so this is a little excerpt that comes from that article. Never has Joseph's banner flown so truly as it did on that day. What man meant for evil, God meant for good. And if this day 
of all days bears not only the fingerprints of sinners for evil, but also the sovereign hand of God for good. How can we not fly Joseph's banner over the great tragedies and horrors of our lives? Since God himself did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not with him graciously give us all things for our everlasting good? God wrote good on the single worst day in the history of the world. And there is not one day or week or month or year or lifetime or suffering, not one trauma, not one loss, not one pain, momentary or chronic, over which God cannot write good for you in Christ Jesus. I thought that was a good article that came out. So tonight, uh, what I want us to do is we're just going to take a few moments and and we're just going to open up God's word and we're going to say, okay, how does the cross reveal the depths of God's love? That's what we're going to do. So we're just going to look at a couple passages and all these things that we could look at. And there's hundreds of things that we could look at when we begin coming to the cross. I just want to say, how does the cross Show us the immeasurable depth of God's love. And so before we do that, let me just pray. Father, this is a good day. It's a good day because we know Easter's coming. We know Sunday's coming. And on Sunday, you rise, proving you are God demonstrating your power over sin, death, and Satan, declaring your victory that, God, we who believe in you could have life, could have forgiveness, could have hope, could have everlasting joy. God, this is a good day. God, I pray just as we're here, just for these few moments, God, work in our hearts, work a joy in our hearts that we would praise you because of this day. In your name, Jesus, amen. Ah, I want to start with John 3.16. That is probably many believers' favorite verse. So I'm going to read it, and then I want you to try to echo it with me. So, so, so in case you don't have it totally memorized, you got like 10 seconds to memorize this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You ready? It's up there? Are you serious? I didn't know you put him up there. Man. Well, you guys got it easy tonight. You just got to read it with me. So I want, I want us to read this together, though. You know, I didn't, check, I didn't check the notes up there. All right, John 3, 6. Let's read it together, though. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Isn't that good news? I just want you to think, isn't that good news? It's an amazing verse. We could preach sermon after sermon after sermon on the truths contained in that verse alone. Unfortunately, though, This verse, because of this verse, some have concluded that Jesus came to the cross and he's done this because of the incredible, insurpassing worth of humanity. Meaning that he has come because of how costly and how precious 
that we are, that, they're, they're, that we, because we are humanity, that we have some type of intrinsic worth in us, that when God looks at us, he says, wow, I want them on my team. Like, I will do whatever it takes to have people come and be with me forever. And so if that means it will cost my son, I will do it. So if we we follow that train of thought, what we could begin to say is, wow, God needs me. In fact, maybe, like, maybe I deserve to have Jesus come and die on the cross for me. I mean, if he did this because he loves me so much, it must be because of my intrinsic worth. But what happens when we do that, we turn the gospel upside down. All of a sudden, we say, the gospel's not because of grace. It's not the free act of God's love, but rather, he was obligated. Rather, it's because of some type of mark or intrinsic worth that's inside of me. And so rather than being free, we actually deserved it. God owed us the cross. But what I want us to see is that the cross does not show our immeasurable worth but it shows the depths of his love so that's what i just want us to do um and so i want to read uh i want to read romans 5 7 this might be up there yes you do well you know i don't think i told her i was doing 5 7 i didn't know this stuff was going up there man i did not pay attention this week so i'm going to read 5 7 and then i'm going to read 5 8 For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. Verse 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the point of these verses is that people find it very difficult to die for other people, even if they're really good. So illustrate um, if a boy is taken hostage surely the father would trade his life for the son right surely i mean i don't think that's too hard to imagine but it would be a rare person who would simply trade their life for a friend it would be a rarer person who would trade their life for a stranger and it would be a much rare dare i say we might not find one who would trade their life for an enemy But I want you to think now, notice how God's love is shown for us. In fact, what we read is that in Romans 5, 8, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners. And if we actually backed up a little farther in chapter 5, verse 6, it says when we were still weak, meaning we were not strong, we were not impressive, God wasn't looking down at us going, man. I want them on my team. You know, like when you're, uh, when you're in the playground, if you all can remember playground days, playing kickball, football, basketball, whatever. Like, who did we choose? The bigger kid, the faster kid, the stronger one. That, that, the one who was going to benefit the team, namely me, uh, that's what we look for, right? Who's going to benefit me? But when God looks at us, he's not going, wow, they're impressive. Rather, he sees that we're weak. We're sinners. Romans 5.10 says that we were enemies when God reconciles us to himself. And so God's word presents us as weak, sinful enemies of God. 
And that's when he saved us. That's what it says, that's the right time. It's then, when we looked like that, that God said, that's how I want to save you. The Bible does not present us as cute, precious babies in the maternity ward. You remember the maternity ward? You go in there, all the little babies on their bassinets, and they're wrapped in either pink or blue blankets. They have kind of rosy cheeks. Their skin is super soft. Don't you remember those days? I love those. Don't you love touching, like, just babies' heads? They're just soft. Like, the skin is just soft. And that, they're there, and then when they're in the bassinet, though, they have either those, those cute hand-knit little, little caps that they have, I mean, they're just, they're just precious, right? That's not at all how God sees us. That's like the exact opposite how God sees us. Rather, He looks at us and He says, you're enemies, you're rebels. The crazy thing is you're weak. You have no chance of getting rid of me, but you've committed treason. You're trying to dethrone God and enthrone yourself. And that's how God describes us. We're trying to create treason. And He says, I'm going to save you at this time time that's when god says it's the right time for me to send my son so that's what we see first we see the condition so the condition of our salvation is not that we look good god's not looking at us and saying and these people they're, they're costly people these are precious jewels man i i want to have them But rather, we see exactly how God sees us. And then, so what's going to be the cost to bring this treasonous, weak, sinful, rebellious enemies into his kingdom? Let's go back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that what does he do? That he what? He gives his only son. Have you just thought about that lately? Like just... Just think about that. The writer of Hebrews describes Jesus like this. The exact imprint, or is it the radiance of the glory of God? The exact imprint of his nature. The prophet Isaiah describes Jesus this way. uh, The wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. So God sends the prince of peace, the mighty counselor, the exact imprint of of his nature the radiance of his glory the thing that that radiates his glory more than anything else his son jesus and he sends him to the cross to die for us have you contemplated the cost of your salvation lately i just want you to think about that like we are good and and we need to be good at this we are good at declaring the freeness of the gospel right We need to declare the freeness. Like The gospel comes to us by the grace of God, not by anything that we do, not by any work that we do, not because we earn, we merit in any way. Simply comes by grace. That is good news. But let's not think that the gospel's not costly. For while we receive it by grace, it costs the Father, His Son. Do you realize that? I just want to encourage you to contemplate that. Not just tonight, but regularly contemplate. My salvation comes to me by grace. Through faith alone, in Christ alone. But it costs the Father His Son. I hope you see our salvation 
is not because of our immeasurable worth, but what does the cross do? It shows us the depths of God's love. How he will save a treasonous, weak, pitiful people. Because of his love, he will bring us into his kingdom. Uh, Here's a quote from John Piper. He's a, a pastor, theologian. He writes, I have heard it said, God didn't die for frogs. So he was responding to our value as humans. This turns grace on its head. We are worse off than frogs. They have not sinned. They have not rebelled and treated God. God's with contempt of being inconsequential in their lives. God did not have to die for frogs. They aren't bad enough. Our debt is so great, only a divine sacrifice could pay for it. Hear this. God did not send his son because he's desperate for us, because he needs us, because we make him look good. Rather, he loved saving us because despite how little we deserve him, his saving us displays how loving, how glorious, how merciful, how patient, and how steadfast, and how holy he is. Do you see that? The cross shows his love. He delights in saving us because that demonstrates his love, his worth, his holiness. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want you leaving going, so it's like God doesn't really love us at all. No, he loves us. He loves being a father to us. He loves providing for us, protecting us. He loves uh, to be that father that listens to us, that we can pray to at all times. He delights in providing and hearing us and taking care of us and meeting our very needs. And he does all these things not based upon some intrinsic quality inside of us, but because of the depth of his great love. Our salvation is not about how great we are, it's about how great our God is. So this Good Friday, it's not about looking at the cross and then making that so it turns towards us, but as we look at the cross, our eyes should move up the shaft of glory to the Father. And that's how our eyes should be moving to the Father as we look at the cross. It's because God's love is based upon His greatness, that's why we know we are secure in His love. Do you see that? It's because His love is based upon His greatness that we know once we've come to faith in Him, oh, there is no separation from our God. So tonight we celebrate the depths of God's love for us in Jesus Christ. We celebrate that our God is glorious and he's gracious and he's held nothing back, not even his own son, so that we would be saved. It's a good Friday. It's a good Friday because we stand here and because we're on this side of the cross, we know what happens on Sunday. Isn't that right? Like we know what happens on Sunday. And I, I want to encourage you, um, I know many of you have been doing this, been getting emails and texts, but, uh, but invite friends to come. There's a lot of people who will come just simply because, okay, it's Easter, whatever reason they feel like they should come, but, but bring them to hear the gospel. Bring them to hear the truth of God's word and be praying for them. I know that we're going to have many people here on Easter. I know that many churches are going to have many people uh, just with them on Sunday. 
encourage you, pray, pray for us, pray for the churches, pray the gospel goes out clearly, pray that people would hear the gospel. I encourage you to show up early, we're going to have extra seats here, and so, uh, so we're going to ask everyone to scoot in, no, 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 none of this like distance between us on Sunday, all right? You might have to like share a seat, that'd be cool, wouldn't it, if we had to do that? Um, we're going to go to communion, and we're going to do communion a little bit differently, uh, we're not going to pass anything out tonight. We have three stations, two in the front, one in the back. Uh, my wife is going to come up. Uh, I think the team's going to come up, and they're going to just be playing. And what we're going to do is this is just going to be a time of worship. You're more than welcome when you're ready to move to one of these tables. Take the elements. You can take it while you're standing. You can go back to your chair. You can take it. But this is between you and God, and we just want you to spend time worshiping God. The bread, the bread represents the body of Christ. The bread represents that Jesus was born on Easter. Or, nope, hold up. He was born on Christmas. He was born on Christmas as a man. 100% man, 100% God. He had to be man. He had to be God. Because the only way he could stand in your place and my place if he was man. The only way he could stand before God and take our sins is if he was God. So he had to come, man and God, it's this union, that's what the bread represents. He comes as our substitute, so that he would stand in our place. And you guys remember it? Propitious, he'd be our propitious offering. He would absorb God's wrath for us, that's propitiation. He absorbs God's wrath for us. The blood represents the way he absorbed that wrath was by dying on that cross. It comes free to us. Great cost to God because he gave his son. And so as you go, as you take these elements, take them remember. Remember this is a good Friday. And it's a good Friday because it shows us not our worth, but it shows us the depth of our God and his love and the glory that he has and that he loves to bring weak, sinful treasonous insurgents and to change them by his grace so that we become his children he'd become our father and we would dwell with him forever so i'm going to pray the team's going to come up our father we thank you for this day and god be with us now as we take communion be with us now as we just worship you during this time god we thank you that you came Son of man, son of God. You died on the cross for us. And God, we're so excited that you rose. We're so excited that you rose. And Lord, we know that your scripture says over 500 people saw you rise. They touched you. They saw you. They heard you. We know this is no myth. This is no legend. It would have been disproven, but it hasn't been. It's, pro it's proven to be true. And so, God, I pray with great confidence we would come to the table today, to the communion table, and we would worship you knowing this is a good Friday and that by faith in you we've been saved, we've been made righteous, we've been made holy, we are declared your children, we are forever in your kingdom, we are to never be separated from you. Your spirit is in us, sealing us, persevering us. And God, we love you. This is a good day. This is a good day. In your name, Jesus, amen. Thank you.